Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches, this podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business, to how to program for maximum results, to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. Welcome back to the Gymnazo Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Kobliska, and I have got a wonderful guest on today. You've heard him before. His name is Mr. Michael Hughes, and we're going to be breaking down a sport and specifically the biomechanics of this sport and how to program for this sport. And I say this sport because uh, it's a sport that I'm not so great at. I consider myself quite an athlete, but as soon as I pick up a golf club, all that athleticism goes out the window. And so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm stoked to break this down and why that is. And I think it's going to have something to do with practice and consistency and just good old-fashioned hard work. Um, but certainly some skills involved in, in figuring out which directions we're going, when we're twisting, when we're leaning, and what goes into essentially a golf swing and how you can make a golf swing more powerful, but not only more powerful, access more ranges mm. so that you don't end up getting injured. Uh, a lot of injuries can happen in golf, in the elbows, in the back, in the knees, in the hips, even down into the ankles and into the feet. And it's it's kind of a funky thing because it's just a lot of rotation. You're swinging a club, but um, it's amazing how much force you're able to produce in your body with a something like a golf swing or any kind of swing, really. And uh, there's a lot of acceleration and deceleration and a lot of transformational zones. Um, really, not a ton. There's two. There's a load and there's an explode that goes into another load. But uh, I'm going to have Michael break those things down because I am not the expert in this. I, in fact, just had my first top golf experience recently, and uh, it was wonderful just to aim at things and not have to <laughs> worry about making something into a hole or hitting other people. So uh, without further ado, uh, Michael, welcome to this podcast. I've been looking forward to this podcast <laughs> for a long time. I love golf. I've been playing golf since, well, my grandma would let me um, go to her country club in grade school so you've had a club in your hands for a long decades. time a long time i don't want to call myself anything more than a uh, person who highly enjoys the game my score is not the best but uh sometimes the score doesn't matter <laughs> i guess i want to start with how, how did you get into golf was it just because you had access to clubs and a, a course and uh, your family was involved in it how did you decide to pick up a golf club and yeah like for me like golf is just like you know water skiing wakeboarding snow skiing you have to live in the area you know you got to be close to it it's certainly not like um football in the european sense where you just need a ball and kick it around like you 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 really have to have some means and my grandma certainly uh, hooked it up in that in that way you know i got clubs hand-me-downs big five second hand you know clubs and uh, she had a country club membership, and she, grandchildren got to go for free. So besides being in the country club, we get to drive the golf cart around, which was the best part. And we get unlimited goldfish and uh, nuts. So uh, 
what else are you going to do Set on you a, up for a good on time. A Saturday? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but my family always golfed, not just from my grandma's side, but from my, my dad golfed as well. And his dad was an avid golfer. So both my grandparents um, really, like their Saturdays were golfing. That was it. So it just kind of trickled down. And, were were um, you invited along to come play at a young age, or was it kind of like, hey, you got to learn the ropes, and then there was like an inaugural, like, okay, you're going to come play with us? Now. Yeah, no, yeah, you don't play with the grandparents because you're not good enough. You play <laughs> with the grandchildren, you know. So, yeah, we, ca- we played with our own, basically. The grandchildren played with the grandchildren, or I played with my cousins, hmm. and that's where it really kind of came, came into it. Brothers played with brothers, so all my brothers played. They were actually on the golf team in high school. I never did. I never went to the golf team in, in high school. I really enjoyed it, but nothing. I wouldn't do a high school sport. Hmm. Um, I just didn't think I was good enough. But I really enjoy it. I really in, enjoy it. I've probably, yeah, I've played, yeah. I mean, all the way, definitely strong in high school, uh, junior high, set, certainly, elementary school, dabbled, you know. And then uh, I remember like when the first time I got my like my own really good set of clubs. It's like a, if you wakeboard or you ski, like you finally stopped renting skis. And you just finally said, you know, I'm going to get some good set of, set of clubs, and they're going to be my clubs for a long time. And, uh, yeah, so. Is there something to that? I mean, I, I've had a lot of rental clubs in my hands, and it doesn't seem to uh, make me any better. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. The tool is only as good as the person using the tool. <laughs> But golf is one of those interesting games because technology is actually advancing it so much faster than um, I think any other sport. Like a football is just going to be a football. It's just a it's air and a and and pigskin basically. Where golf, like you have the ball, you have the type of club, you even have the shoes that make a difference too. Um, and that's like that's that's three different places where you where you can actually gain a lot of growth. The club is the massive changer because you can have like a cavity-backed or more like a, uh, I'll, use, I'll, I'll try to use, use terms, where like the, the back of the club is like opened and where it gives a much bigger sweet spot, like a baseball bat, right? You hit it on the fat part, the ball's going to go further. Hit on the skinny part, ball's not going to go that far. Um, drivers, they, I mean, A, they used to be wood. Literally, they're called woods. Now they're metal. The shafts used to be metal. Now they're like titanium. They flex. So technology plays a huge game in the game of golf besides the ball. I haven't talked about that, that yet. They're actually limiting ball performance because ball's just going too, too far. They really can't make golf courses bigger. They take up so much room already. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're starting to kind of de-escalate the technology. These professionals, they're nuts. They're, they, they crush the ball. I mean, think about like, how far someone can like, kick a football. They can go like double that. We're talking like 400 yards. I mean, this is like, let me be like in the golf game, 300 yards is, is that's like standard. 300 yards, that's three football fields. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. And accurately too. Like they can fit it on like, I don't know, a 50-yard left and right easily. What is it about the ball that allows it to go that far? Are you, are you familiar with the... the pieces or is it what it's yeah, made of yeah. inside of I'll it? I'll go simple. Yeah. So basically there's a shell that's a, a, a compound plastic. And then this inside there could be like a gel or a, or a, a set of, um, it's, yeah, it's more like a compound gel, but it's not like gel like you put your hair in. It's, it's a hard compound. Um, but it's the dimples too. The dimples are very interesting because it grips the air just like a tire tread 
grips the road and certain tire treads do certain things. Balls do the same thing, uh, a golf ball. So you can actually you can actually shape the shot based upon how you spin the ball. If you ever played Tiger Woods golf, you know that you can really spin Son that ball really well. I've been doing it all wrong. I've just been trying to hit it as hard as possible, as far as possible. Yeah, that's usually what people do, <laughs> swing as hard as possible. That's about the worst thing that you can do in <laughs> golf. I've been told my swing looks fairly decent, but for whatever reason, the, the ball does not replicate what my swing yeah. represents. But like like on a golf swing, if you if you come in tight, close to your body, that means you're going to come out wide. If you come out wide, you're going to come in tight. Uh, let me say that a different yeah, way. Yeah, you're speaking gibberish to me. Yeah, Tell so me like, more. so like, think about in a golf swing. Like, you know, you, if you bring the club in a in a line in, in an angulation, that's a diagonal, right? So you're gonna come in like, you're gonna come in close to the body, but when you come out, you have to go wide to the body. You can't do in in. You can't do out out. Right. It's you, a it's a path that you're traveling. Exactly. Well, that path is not a straight line. It's a diagonal. So therefore, when you hit the ball. You're gonna hit the ball. Let's say you 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 tuck in really tight, and then you're gonna to have to extend out or mm. further away from the body. Well, that comes that hits hits the ball, and I know I'm on video here, so I'm gonna show you. This. It hits the ball, and it puts a a diagonal a path into that ball, which spins the ball. But it spins it to the right. Well, mm. if you spin it to the right, it doesn't mean the ball is gonna go right because it's cutting the air, so it may actually go left. And vice versa, and you can put top spin on the ball, which I do all the time, and it just hits the ground. <laughs> so I can't get low enough on it, at least on my first. And you can put under, and you can put backspin on, on a ball. It's just like a bowling ball. You can right. make a bowling ball and a golf ball pretty much do the exact same thing. Really? Seriously? I, with the spin, with oh, the yeah. directions. Yeah. The ball's in the goal, not as far, but. No, bowling ball is much, <laughs> much, much different. Well, it sounds like it, need, it needs basically a ton of body control. It's massive physics and body control. Yes. So an awareness of how tight your swing is, how far out your swing is, essentially right. the, the distance away from your body. Yep. And the club you use. How you set up with the wall, right? right. Yep. And then which club you're using. Yeah. Some are a little bit longer. So are, are it different lengths or is it like one length standard? Yeah. No. No. Each club is longer, 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 longer. The lower the number goes. Golf's a really messed up game. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's really paradoxical. So the, the, the lower the number, the longer the club. The longer the ball, the longer the ball. Is that ball standard across? There's no golfer who has like the same. Because I'd imagine you can modify certain things for your shot. Yes. You know? Yes. Is there any golfer that has all the same length club? It's just a different head. I've never seen it. You'd want to have different lengths for different reasons, I guess. So. I would. Yeah. It's just leverage. It, again, golf is just golf and pool, right? The game of pool. It's it's just it's just it's just angulations, geometry, physics. It's that's all it is. It's all I mean. It, that's why it's so freaking hard, because it changes. What should what shouldn't change is your swing. What should change is the club. Hmm. But professionals they can break rules because they're they they understand these things and they can change their swing. I'm overly speaking. They can shape their swing differently hmm. to make the ball do something different. Yeah, I've seen some pretty gnarly uh, cre- creativeness. Yeah. I mean, they can make the club ball... Club backwards, club sideways, you're underneath the tree, you're getting weird, funky angles. Like, it's, all those things are going to switch up your swing entirely. It's stupid how good that they are. It's, yeah. So, okay, we got club lengths, we got different heads, we've got different types of balls, I guess, made of different things. Yeah. Um, same shape, but yeah. slightly mm-hmm. differences. 
what about the swing? I mean, we, we know that every golfer kind of has their swing. Mm-hmm. What goes into that swing? What's standard across every person's swing in golf? That they're either right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> and no, everything else? There's no switch, switch hitting. <laughs> there so is switch you hitting have, in you baseball. have a side. Typically, I have a side. Yeah, there is a, there is a side that um, I've never seen a golfer switch positions, switch hands in a game that was, you know, intentional to the club. They may have done it because there's a tree in, in their way, but now the club's mis- mispositioned. Hmm. They just still figured it out. So that's pretty standard. It's pretty standard that you're going to draw the club backwards and then draw the club across. It's like a, a baseball swing. That's pretty standard. But how someone swings the club, there is no standard. It's right. really fascinating. Like there are people that like there's a lot of a lot of golf coaches I've been to, even being a strength and conditioning coach for a junior golf academy. It was a school and a golf training. It was it was both. Like you lived where you played golf. It was pretty wild, actually. I can imagine you get pretty good. <laughs> I hope so. That's all you do, right? It's like being at a boarding school, but your sport is golf. Um so these, these coaches will say, oh, here's the ideal swing. Like, here's Tiger Woods' swing. Or here's um, Phil, Phil uh, gosh, why am I going blank? Nicholson's swing. Hey, man, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where the case is. Um, and they try to say, here's how you can map it to be their swing. And it's, it's really more for a reference, right? It's for a reference. They, you should have your own swing. But there's ideal paths. Like if for us, like we'll go through, here's a lunge. Here's an ideal biomechanical path. You can do it differently. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how, how the golf swing goes. So, and even more so, so if we, there's a backswing and there's a follow-through. I yep. mean, that's which you're going to have to have that in a swing. What's involved in that backswing that then can be modified? So if, are we going through a certain direction? Is If we're aiming for an ideal path, like somebody just starting out swinging a club, what are you looking at in terms of like rotation or position when they're in their backswing? And what are you looking through for in their follow through? Yeah. So you're going to want, um, here's, here's a different thing. You want, if you maybe want square feet, those we call XXX feet. Some people want a little bit of toed out on their lead foot, on their follow through foot. Um, you're going to want, so you're going to want some, some definitely dorsiflexion in the ankles, some flexion in the knees, flexion in the hip and then flexion in the, in the thoracic spine. And then you're going to want to have a, essentially a type 1 rotation. Now, to unpack that, you want to spin your body to the back, or we'll call it right for a, just keep it simple, and then a lateral lean to the left. So spin right, right shoulder goes backwards, but left shoulder goes down as right shoulder goes up. And you want your eyes, your neck, fixated on the ball so you can't move your eye position can't move your neck so your neck moves independently or does not move quote unquote right and then your arms your 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 if you're a right-handed golfer you want your left arm to be relatively straight and your right arm to be relatively bent it's basically coiling you want your right elbow tucked how tucked well that that depends (laughs) and you want to draw that club or your hands backwards straight just to keep it simple. And your hands move first backwards, then your shoulders, then your hips, and then it loads into your feet. But on the return, it's the exact opposite. Now, I'm going I'm to use the word feet, but more than likely hips, you know, are the real drivers. But you can 
essentially move your feet first, you know, un, unrotate, but your hips go first, chain reaction comes back up to your thoracic spine, that goes into your shoulders and then ends with your wrists, literally just a little cocking, left and right, you know. And there's your golf swing, simply put. So I need to work on my type one rotation to the right. And then your type one rotation to the left. So follow through is exactly the same? Follow through is essentially the same, but you're much wider. You're not, you're not as tucked in. You're not as coiled. You're much more long, straight arms. And your back foot lifts and your toe pivots because you have a lot of momentum, a lot of speed, and that's got to go somewhere. And if you don't release that toe, man, that right side knee is going to get, excuse me, that right side knee is going to get beat up real, real quick. So you release through, through the, uh, toe. just like a baseball swing, you pivot through, um, just like bowling, you lift the back foot, right? It's all those things. You want to release that, the energy into the opposite leg to decelerate you. But that can also lead to other problems, which we'll probably talk about soon. So if, if I'm a golfer, am I just going to get better by playing golf and just working that, that swing? Like I'm imagining that why I suck at golf is because I just don't play yeah, very much. Fair enough. I, I'm great rotation to my right and left. I yeah. can type one, yep. type two, do it all. I can do it under load. But as soon as I put a gl- club in my hands, that's lighter weight. And I don't necessarily try to, I'm not, I'm not that guy who's trying to just slam as hard as possible. I know I said I try to hit it as hard as possible, but no. I try to just get a really good whip motion. Yeah. Um, that I know my type ones, but I'm almost so focused on my type one, right? Type one left. I'm, I'm losing the feel. Of yeah. hitting the ball. So how do golfers typically train? Is it just golf? Is there some kind of training program? What exists right now? Golf's a very, golfers are a special breed, special breed. Um, because A, you have to get good at the craft, right? You have to golf. You have to swing a club. You know, golfers will, will literally hit thousands of balls or a thousand balls in a few days, if not in a day, truly. That's a lot. That's a lot of swings. I don't know if I've hit a thousand in my life. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's 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 standard, right? But it's certainly not foreign. Um, it's a lot of swings. That's a lot of reps. Um, you go back to I'm going to use Tiger Woods because he's such a well known name. He was watching his dad swing at two. He he had he had thousands of thousands of mental reps even before he picked up a club. So we can go into the psychology and the movement learning process of that. Because what you're talking about is you have a long lever arm. Like if you take your hands and try to punch something, your accuracy is going to be really good. I mean, really good. But now you put a two and a half, well, three and a half foot stick at the very end with a club face that's no bigger than the than the than your top of your mug for your coffee there, and try to hit a ball that's even smaller. It's pretty hard. You know, it's, pre- it's, it's, it's pretty hard. So it's really about this accuracy and this, and this feel. But the one thing that golfers really miss when they're going into training and conditioning, I'm going to hold that off real quick. What they really do well is they buy a lot of gear. They buy a lot of gear. Trainers, aids. Um, the amount of money a golfer spends, because I've done it, on cool gear is high, super high just to aid them in their swing. And what coaches do very well, golf coach, swing coach, they're very good tweakers. I mean, some of the best. Because they understand that if you can't get a good enough backswing, you could toe open your right foot if you're a right-handed golfer. Like, oh, 
Like, we know that very well. Like, of course, you're going to get more rotation. But I think what they miss is the compromise that they're giving to get something else. You're going to have less power now through your pelvis. You know, they'll change the way you're... Like, those are RXX, LXX. Like, that's... They'll, they'll really play with the SFT foot stances because they understand if your left foot's in front of your right, the ball's going to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you've changed the diagonal path of your, of your pelvis now. Right? So we get that very, very well. So you know how to, you know, shape your shot now. Just go RXX. Just go LXX. But you want it to go where you want it, want it to go. Right? Right. A slice, a hook. No, that changes... Where, where it goes. So trainers are very good on, on or the training aids are really awesome to keep your, you know, your elbows tucked in tight, right? Or to keep your head still. Uh, watch the movie Tin Cup. If you really want to get a good idea about golf and all the little knickknacks about it, that's a great Kevin Costner, super old, not super old, relative, relatively old movie. Um, I don't highly recommend it. What they don't do a good job of is understanding the human body is the best tool, and it's cheap. It's called your own human body. Like, an amazing pro golfer can use literally 1900-style clubs and probably still beat me. Actually, I'm going to say not probably, will beat me. Take the worst equipment possible because their body is so well-tuned. Hmm. Well, golfers in the back in the 50s, you know, they weren't strong. They were just dudes, just normal people. Golf was the, the leisure man sport. Now, Dustin Johnson, all these guys, these guys are mad. These guys are these guys are training. They're working out. Woods made it popular to work out in golf. Hmm. He didn't do a very good job of it because he started lifting weights. Lifting weights is good, but if you want to be a whip, I don't know. I mean, you've got to be strong, but there's a limit to the strength, right? Um, it's really about efficiency through motion, right? Type one, type type two, spirals, diagonals, like all those details. I think it's still being missed in the golf world, but it's coming. Well, I mean, it's certainly coming. I'm very, I've been very impressed by the trainers coming into golf and what there's uh, the the movement trainers coming in into golf. They're doing a really good job. They're really uh, applying our style of thinking to golf. So if, if, if somebody's adjusting, a typical golf coach who's adjusting your shot so that it can be more comfortable for you or fit your body better, yeah. are, would you say that they're, they're missing the point of what's right in front of them, essentially what their, the body in front of them is showing them about their swing, where let's say somebody's been playing for 10 years, so they've kind of developed a swing for a bit, Definitely. and they, they're pretty confident in their ability to swing, but they're getting some like discomfort in a knee, or they're just... They're pulling too soon. I don't know the right term for this, but they're, something is slowly deteriorating from their shot. And so 10 years now, and they're, they're 40, 50 years old, let's say. And then they go to a golf coach who says, oh, well, this is what you need to do to fix your shot. Or let's, let's try these things to, to fix your shot. And then the shot ends up becoming better. Are they feeding into that bailout or that dysfunction that's been building up over time that's going to keep making them worse as a golfer? but will allow them to sustain a level of performance and play currently? Or are they missing the point of essentially 
instead of trying to adjust their shot so it feels better for them, saying, we need to work on your ability to load your glute. So I'm not going to have you toe open and excellent rotate to allow more in your backswing. What we need to work on is more of your right hip's ability to internally rotate so that you can access that position. Is there one that's better than the other? So like, okay, I towed out, and now my swing got better, and it feels more comfortable, and I hit it further. But if I keep doing that five years down the road, is that going to make me keep getting more and more um, limited internal rotation, and now my right hip just wants to stay in external rotation all the time, or do we need to do we need to address that? Is like, is there a big issue between the two? Yeah, to me that was something when I was going through the Titleist Performance Institute back in the day, um, going through their their coursework. They really have a good understanding. They really do. They have a well built system of um, progressing someone's knowledge into like A, you do A, B, C. Um, but it's still very, it's limited. I don't say it's very limited, but it's limited in the approach that it's still very much forward and backwards training and conditioning. You know, they, you know there's a few things that, it's, it's not getting into that much of a depth of a detail, like what you said, you're lacking internal rotation. I don't think most golf coaches would say that. They're saying you just can't get into your backswing. And that's limited. How to fix it? I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel confident that many would say you need to get more internal rotation through your right hip, and here's how you're going to do it. They would say that's for the trainer to fig- figure out. Well, the trainer would take the, in- the information which they communicate, you know, through that through that process or what they should do. But then, if there's knee pain, they would say, "Oh, you got to go see the doctor." So now you have three steps removed, three different appointments. Let's call it whatever, you know, time delayed. And so now you're leading on the medical team to say, you need to fix that knee. But they're going to fix the knee the same way that most medical people fix the knee, which is more straight line type of thinking. So there's kind of that disconnect where we would, we would look at it and be like, no, like here's a way to do that. Here's the soft tissue you can need. Here's the drill that you can do it. Here's how it's going to translate literally into your golf swing. And by the way, here's a golf sw- club Let's see if that feels better, and then go give it back to the golf coach, the swing coach, and say, how can you make it fit better? You know, like, I've trained a lot of golfers, and, I'm, and I have to pause and say, hey, I'm not a swing coach, but I'm giving you access to the swing that you would want or could get. Now go to your golf coach and have them craft it. I think it's a really important distinction that you just brought up there because right. um, we do have a lot of golfers that come in, and though I'm not an avid golfer, um, we can see limitations. We can see why somebody's, I can right. see why somebody's knee is in pain when they're swinging or why they've got some tendonitis because when they go to swing, they're almost hitting the emergency break too soon as opposed to getting to their full back swing. Right. Um, we're coming from you know, two different angles. The swing coach is going to be looking at strictly the swing and the path of the motion and adjusting it to make it look like the most beautiful, graceful swing. Or as efficient or powerful or shape the shot, mm-hmm. which is what I'm not there for. I'm not going to help you put more, more side spin on your ball. Sorry. I'm just not that skilled at it. Yeah. You know, um, what was interesting, um, when I really started getting into golf as a professional movement practitioner, the K vest was a big, big thing. Uh, maybe it still is a big, big thing. Um, but it's basically this vest that, um, biomechanically digitally measures the, um, change of rotation from your pelvis to your thoracic spine or your shoulder girdle. And the big thing is you want to get as as much separation as possible. Though your pelvis in the backswing spins to the right, so does your shoulder. It's 
goes at a different pace, a different rate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in sync rotation, but truly it's, I don't want to call it out of sync, it's just delayed sync. And so they wanted as much thoracic spine rotation apart from lower back or apart from pelvis. And the issue I saw with that is like they would give you drills to do that, but they never gave you stretching or soft tissue drills to do that. They just said, essentially, try harder, bend more, spin more. And so what people were doing, because they didn't really look at it from a standpoint of how you're going to do it, they just said, do it more. You're, 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 look at your number. It's only 22 degrees. you got to get to 45 degrees. So they try harder. And when they try harder without the proper steps on understanding how the body will actually do that, you get more lower back pain. Because the body's just not going to give it to you. Effort is not the issue. It's, it's capability. It's can your joints actually do that. So it's very interesting, um, at least then. I have to only speak to then because um, I'm not in the, I'm not in the uh, academy world as I am now. So things that may have changed just give my kind of due diligence to, the, to then. Um, but that was a big issue coming up that uh, people just were getting in more pain just because of that metric. You give someone a metric, ugh, you better watch out. Your body will find a way to get there, and it may not be for the better. Yeah. For Your sure. mind will definitely find a way to get there. Yeah. So if it's not about the rotation, it's, it's more about the awareness of how your body's creating this chain reaction is what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it is about the rotation, right. But it is. But let's not forget about the ankles. Let's not forget about the few degrees the knees can, can give us. Let's not forget about the pelvis, the hip joints, the acetabulum. Let's not forget about the shoulder, the glenohumeral joint. Let's not forget about the wrists. I mean, the thoracic spine is a big player, but it's not that big of a player in compared to everything I just said. Everything plays a part. Everything plays, plays a part. And if you have a great thoracic spine but miserable hips, then you're going to mess up your thoracic spine eventually. It's, over, it's going to overwork. Um, a lot of golfers out there, um, I don't want to continue to pick on the guy who wore the red shirt on Sundays, but uh, he tore his body up. Best golfer ever. Didn't finish his career, in, in my opinion. Due didn't, to injury. Yeah, due to injuries. Yep. Where you have like a, a Jack Nicholas, the golden bear. You know, I mean, the dude, the dude played for, was the best, still is the best golfer, quote unquote, because his longevity, he had more time to win more majors. And back pain. Yep. From your swing, you're in knee pain when you swing, and you know that golfing, though it was fun while you, you're doing it, you know the next three weeks you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Why is that the case? If you can go play and feel great playing, but then you spend, we hear the story over and over again yeah. until we, you get them out of this loop. What What is it that, maybe there's a few things that go into that, but if you've been playing golf for quite a bit in your whole life, let's say you play on average a couple times a month, and you've been doing that for decades. And now all of a sudden, it's that last straw on the camel's back that puts you out and you're like, ah, oh, man, I play now once every six months because I know I'm going to be out for three or four weeks yeah. in pain, and then it's tough to get back into it. What, what's the cause of that? Well, with golf, you're looking at a repetitive load and explode. Consistent. You're always loading to the right. You're always unloading to the left for a right-handed golfer. That's tough. That's very that's very demanding. You're always, con- you're always trying to essentially active tension your right side and then decelerate through the, the, 
the left side. Always. Always. That's a massive asymmetrical pattern. And you'd be massive. Swinging, I mean, how many swings typically in a, Hundreds in of a game? Hundreds of thousands. Well, oh, in, in, a in, game? in a game. Well, 90 to 100, maybe. Maybe if you're better than that. So you're if you're less. an amateur golfer, if you get under 100, that's not bad. As an amateur, you know, excuse me, like a, I'll say this, like someone who plays once a month, under 100, that's pretty darn, darn good. Under 80, okay, you're playing certainly multiple times per month. And then you get the scratch golfer, who, who, which is par, you know, says so par is 70 to 72. You're playing often. You're practicing often. So that means, if not daily. I have a good buddy who literally, after work, goes to the driving range six out of seven days. Just swings a club, and he's right-handed, and he's always swinging. He sits at a chair, does work, and then goes swing, swings a golf club. What does he do in between then? Good, good, good question. How much, is he unlo- how much is he loading his left side and unloading his right side, which would be a left-hand golfer? What I love about the education that, that we got is understanding that if you want to do something a long time, you must do the opposite of that pattern as well. If you want to sit for a long time, you better stand for a long time or at least unwind the sit because it hurts. Your body is so good at becoming good at one thing. It's designed to do that, but it may chew itself up. So for me, what I've done and what I've told a lot of my, especially older golfers to start doing, even actually, even my younger golfers to start incorporating, is if you're right-handed, go golf. Warm up right-handed, have a good, good time, but have one left-handed club in your bag. Not to play, because that's against the, you know, you got only 14 clubs, you know, but whatever the case is. And go to the driving range and hit 50 balls left-handed, the opposite, or, you know, whatever the case is. Because you're basically going to unwind, you're going to reverse the tension through that tissue. In fact, my warm-up in golf, part of it is literally swinging left-handed. Because when you wind up and contract to your right, and then you unload to your left, it's free energy, free stretch, free momentum to your left side. The, the, the mass momentum actually stretches out your left side. So if I swing left-handed, and I wind up left, and I let all that built-up kinetic energy turn into potential energy into my right side, I now stretch, stretch out my right side. I've just now stretched out my right side, giving myself a better backswing or more range of motion backswing for my, for my actual swing. And it feels great. Are there other strategies? So you're not looking like a, I don't know, it seems like you look like a fool out on the, on the course playing with your left side? Well, well you, I don't play with my left side. I just warm well, yeah. up with my left side. Yeah. But I don't hit a ball. I Some just swing kook the club. over here throwing the left side. Just, what's this guy doing? Well, here's the cool <laughs> thing about golf. The more kooky you look, if you got a decent score or hit the ball straight, they're going to start watching you. That's the, honestly, that's the great thing about They will look for any any little thing that makes sense. But you have to prove it, though. So yeah. what are the thing, What are the little tips and tricks you have for, for unwinding? So if you could swing just the opposite way, swing, honestly, get a few reps. Easiest thing is just swing the opposite way. Now, you don't want to spend as much time doing that because you're spending a lot of time swinging the, the opposite way, but at least for a warm-up and at least for a cool-down. Like golf, the cool-down, you kidding me? No, big deal. You just spent four hours out on that course walking or riding most of it, but that's a lot of swings. So yeah, it, it adds up. It adds up. So swinging the opposite way, really getting through balance. 
Like whenever I go to a, a golf course, you want to feel the turf. Putters know this very, very well. The, the, the grass characteristics changes putting entirely. You can make grass uh, turf, uh, putting turf very fast. The ball rolls a, a long way. They call it like putting on concrete. Just ball keeps on going. Or you can make it like a, like a total slug or a total swamp. You hit the ball as hard as possible. It doesn't go anywhere. And the golf course can do that because that's, that's what a golf course can do. It's not like a basketball court where it's standard no matter where you go. You know, um, so golf course is very, very tricky. Very, very tricky. So you want to you want to putt on their putting practice green because you want to feel what their course is like. Well, same thing about shoes. I want to feel what my feet are going to feel like on, on that turf. It's going to be, is, did it just rain? Did it just water, water the course? Or is it bone dry because it's summertime in California, whatever the case is. So I want my balance and my ankles to be warmed up. So I go through a 3D balance reach. I stand on one foot. I drive my opposite foot forward, backwards, cross my body right, open my body left, spin right, and spin left. It's literally all the motions of my swing. It's now, that mapping of your foot and ankle exactly. in that space. Yeah, I'm letting it feel what it feels like to be there one foot by itself. And then I'll grab my club um, in both hands, like I'm grabbing a, like a bow staff in a sense, and I'll literally go through a flexing ex- ex- extension, overhead lateral right, overhead lateral left, at chest height, spin right, and spin left just to get universal flow as I'm doing a single leg stance because I want to feel what my ankle now feels like on that turf with my upper body rotation in that same stance. It makes it more authentic. And then I just started doing this. I bring my rope, my RMT rope, my rope flow rope to the golf course. (laughs) And I start, I know, and that's really weird, especially because it's like bright and orange. And I start doing dragon rolls because a dragon roll is not exactly a lot of golf swing, but it allows you to thoracic spine extend and then flex. When you're behind it, you're extended, and you're in front of it, you're more flexed. And it gives you that, that pelvis is the driving rotation of a dragon roll and allows you to spin through left and right. And I can go east-west, I can go west-east, just like a follow-through or backswing, a backswing and a follow-through. What's the benefit of... Obviously, you're going to be a little bit warmer, a little bit more aware. But what's the real benefit of spending some time right before you go swing on some rotational or some extension, some flexion, some thoracic spine movement, some single leg motions? Because this could add up and be anywhere from what, five to ten minutes? If if not not longer? If not an hour. I mean, pro golfers warm up. So let's say somebody warms up, does these motions, and then goes and plays. Well, then they go to the driving range. Okay. Chipping range. You're going to go play. You're going to go swing for a bit. Yeah. You're going to swing for a bit. Yep. Versus somebody who doesn't spend more than five minutes. It's kind of like get up, like, okay, got some rotation swings. I'm just going to kind of play a little bit lighter. Maybe get a few of the, you know, go to the driving range before they go play a full game. Okay, my swing is feeling good. I'm ready to go. But they just do that for, do all golfers take that 30 minutes to an hour beforehand to do that? Or is that something that's not standardly set as like a, as a benefit? Yeah, all professional golfers do the, do that. Just like all professional teams go to the or they're at the arena, the the field hours before the game. Um, amateur golfers, I mean, like like skilled amateur golfers, yes, they will spend time at the driving range at least thirty minutes hitting balls because they want to understand what the flight is of that ball in that weather at that course, what their seven irons doing versus what their nine irons doing. 
you know, they're they're slowly trying to get, bring back their their hybrid wood in, in in the game. They got a brand new one. They don't really un- understand the shaft flexibility. There's so many details in a golf swing. It's really fascinating because what you're talking about is you're 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 talking about a very small change amplified over hundreds of yards or even 100 yards. 100 yards is a very short shot. That's like, that's one of the smallest clubs in your bag is 100 yards. That's a football field. That's a short shot. You know. So it's very fascinating when you when you have a very small detail compounded over long distance, it makes a big difference. Like a 3% flight in the airplane um, I'm going to be wrong on this one, but I'm going to be fairly right in a sense, is that from California flying three degrees off center or just a straight line up or north, that can put you in Africa by the time that you keep on, right? It just keeps amplifying. So you don't want to miss when you're launching someone to the moon because it's a long way away. You better be spot on, spot on. Right. So golf's very, very similar. So when you warm up, you're really saying, what is my body giving me today? What is my seven iron giving me today? Because that's why there's those pins in top golf, right? Those pins are certain distances, and those mm-hmm. golfers know how far they are. Oh, my seven iron typically gives me, I'm just going to have a fun number here, typically gives me 180 yards. Gosh, I'm actually crushing it to 190 today. I'm actually going further than that pin that says 175. Okay, cool. So now you change your game that when you're 175, based upon your own measurements, you're, you're ready to go. So me, when I go to, to golf, I'm so late, and I don't play that enough. I just literally go to the practice, you know, the first tee, and I'm doing that all as I'm waiting for my for my turn. I don't like to do that, but I did it last time. I imagine that's a st- that's the story for for most folks who go out and play golf. I mean, if you if you are in the pro sports realm, your time is dedicated to that. That's craft. your life. Actually, exactly. if you're pretty good amateur, you're spending quite a bit of time with it. So you're probably going to be doing the practice beforehand and right. putting and, and driving and testing out all the clubs and seeing how you're doing. But for the, I think for most individuals, that's just, it's more like your case. I show up and I kind of get a couple practice swings and I'm good to go. A yeah. couple dozen swings. I feel, yeah. I feel set and ready. Which, what does that do? Yeah. Which sometimes that's a benefit because golf is so, it, golf is you against you. There's no competitor you know, if you if you don't win the golf match because you didn't beat yourself, no one beats you. Like golf's so fascinating. They're trying to be quiet. Like in baseball, you heckle the pitcher, you heckle the batter. You're trying to make noise. You're trying to distract them. Golf, the thousands of people watching you on the golf course are trying to be as quiet as possible. You get kicked out. You get kicked out for making noise. What kind of game is this? <laughs> So it's really fascinating. It's you against you. And so if sometimes you get in your head that you have this great swing, you get overconfident, so you swing harder, just change your physics. Your geometry changed. Sorry, buddy. You know, top the ball, didn't get, you know, whatever the case is for me. You know, you pick your head up too, too soon. Picking your head up only adds thoracic spine extension, which takes you out of your swing. Your club head lifts a, two, a half of an inch. You top the ball. Ball goes 50 yards along the ground. Shit. <laughs> Literally, just because you lifted your eyes. Like, it's all these, like, what we look at subtleties in movement. So these warm-ups, if someone doesn't warm up, it's kind of interesting because they have nothing to compare against. So they go off muscle memory. 
Cha-ching! That's what it is, right? I, we, I don't believe in muscle memory. It's neurological memory, but it's still the same concept, right? So that's what I love about golf is you want to just go into it and not think, not overdo it. For me, you know, um, there's a lot of golfers who literally do not have a memory recollection of hitting the ball. They just go blank. Backswing to follow through is blank. Meaning what? They just, there's they, others swinging? No, they're just so in their own body, they don't actually remember hitting the ball. The ball's already in, in, the, in the air in flight when they finally come back to consciousness. I mean, not full consciousness, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like situational awareness. They just, it's, just rep, it's just repetition. It's just repetition. There's a lot of great golfing books out there that many people say, like, I do not actually know when I hit the ball. So I wild. just let my body, my body, my, my, my body do it. Just like any like diver, you know, are they really calculating every single inch of their rotational spin as they go into the water? It's mm. a feel thing. It's yeah. a feel, right? It just they kind of just get it. They've done it so many times. They're they're preparing themselves mentally. So I love about golf. There's a, there's the, the the mental coach. The the psychology of a golfer is paramount. It's paramount. So warming up is a good thing for those who are doing it a long time because you're rigid, you're stiff. But mentally, it could be a good thing to not to warm up. Mental. I'm just saying this mentally because you're not giving yourself those. You're not letting your mindset get messed up by the four times you shanked it right off the bat. Because um, it, it it just messes with you. It just messes with you. So. Do you have golfers search you out? Like, how does it work? Does a golfer go and search out a swing coach? They go and ser- search out a f- personal trainer. Do they search out like a? I'm, I'm sure they have different coaches for different things. But somebody comes to see you as a golfer. What are you going? What are you looking at? What are you looking to help them with? Or if there's any case studies of people that you've worked with, what's kind of been the consensus? So for other trainers that are out there going, oh, I have a golfer coming in. I don't know where to start. What what do you do? Yeah, first of all, uh, golf hasn't gotten there yet in a sense where like where it's football. Working out is a big deal in football. Big deal. You must work work out. Golf, like most people, aren't looking for a trainer to solve their golf problems. They're they're going to go to a a golf pro, which is a, a swing coach, a trainer. You know, a golf swing trainer first. From there, it's a it's a it's a big degradation loss of those going to a fitness gym to work on golf. They'll say, "I'm a like golf. Can you help me with it?" That's typically what happens here. I like golf. Can you help me with my fitness and, by the way, my golf swing? Versus, like, I'm here for golf. I've only had that once. Where I had a professional golfer. I am. You are my fitness coach. Like, oh, apart from the academy. Most golfers, they just swing. It's, it's, a very, it's a very lone wolf sport, very lone, lone wolf sport. But I've had a plenty of clients, plenty saying, I also golf. Can you help me out with, with that in my training? And the answer is always yes. The body always has more to give in the game of golf, always. Um, so the biggest case study that I've, uh, I've, I've really seen is that, is that they'll, I'll say, show me your swing because I want to see what their physics are doing. What's their hip doing? How much pronation, supination are they having? Where are, their dis- where are they making up for lack of other movement patterns? Right? Just what, like, what, like what we see in anything else. 
And you, you can really start on the ankles, hips, and thoracic spine. They really know about the thoracic spine pretty well, hips fairly well. Feet, they mostly have just like these club feet. They're not really rotating through their, feet, through their foot. Because a golf shoe is a very rigid shoe. It's a very rigid shoe. Um, so now they're just starting to come out with like, with like minimalist type golf shoes. In fact, I golf in my, in my uh, I was going to say my Vibrams, but in my Vivos. It's a little slippery, but I love feeling the ground. So that's just coming into play. But the biggest thing that, that we did is I gave someone back a lot more internal hip rotation on their hip, on their right hip, excuse me, and, and allowed them to get into a backswing that um, was just more free. But really what it was, it was allowing them to pull the bow back. So now what happened was they had to adjust all their clubs because it would say that my, my approach wedge goes 100 yards. Well, now it goes 115 yards. My nine iron goes you know, 130 yards. Well, now it goes 140 yards. So I actually screwed up their game, but they knew it and they adjusted for it. So now it's really, it's, it's really interesting. Like when you pick out a club, that's like how accurate can I, can I get? So you get a lot more length in your golf swing because you're allowed to um, pull the bow back more. As long as you keep it accurate, it's, it's pretty simple. That's the biggest thing that we'll see. And that's not through strength training. I want to be that very, very clear. I do very little golf strength training in the traditional sense. It's range of motion training. Yes, they're going to learn to do some strength out of that. But it's that kind of uh, proximal acceleration, distal deceleration kind of concept. Is that how do we really make your body more of a kitchen towel? You, know, you ever try to whip someone with a kitchen towel? Sure. Right. That's a very standard thing to do in someone's life. That's what a golf swing is. So where is the power? Where's the, where's it, where's it, where's the pain? Well, it's at the end of the towel. But where's the, where's the power? It's not in your wrist. It's in your body. So it's really that whole kind of concept is if you really want to spend some money and be a better golfer, don't buy the coolest clubs. Don't buy the best balls. Save that because you lose a ball, that's five bucks for a nice golf ball, $5. I lose a lot of balls. Actually, I'm getting better. I don't lose many, many balls anymore. But um, spend it on your coach. Spend it on your movement practitioner because um, you can win some money on the golf course then. <laughs> what else do you see when you have golfers coming in? So you're looking at range of motion training, so checking out their hips, checking out their feet, checking out essentially their backswing and their follow-through. What other things do you gift them um, or help them come to terms with in, in their own practice. Like, hey, I need to, you to integrate or incorporate this into your practice to, to allow you to sustain this level of swing. I mean, what's the overall benefit besides just gaining more distance in a, in a swing? Yeah, it really comes down to movement awareness. That's the biggest gift. Distance is what people want because that's, that's show, right? They want to hit the ball farther. But really what it comes down to is movement awareness. They understand where their body is in a spherical space, right? Situational awareness. When they're Because golf, you don't always play on a flat ground. In fact, oftentimes you don't. It's not flat. There is an undulation. There is a change. And golfers know how to compensate for that by how they change their grip or how they change their swing. But does their body know how to compensate for that? Like if your ball is higher than your feet are, and you don't change your swing, you're going to hit a lot of turf. And just vice versa. 
the ball's lower than your feet are, you don't change your swing, you're going to whiff. But sometimes it's a combination of those things. It's a pitch, yaw, and roll, right? Just for the ground. Um, so it's really fascinating. It's like, can I get more ankle dorsiflexion? Can I, on purpose, pre-supinate my foot to give me more stability because I'm facing uphill? You know, those little situational awareness pieces, I think that's the biggest gift. And I think you would say the same thing. We give awareness first and foremost. And then what they do with that, well, that's, that depends on, on them. Because um, we've, we've given them all these options on how they can access three-dimensional movement in their ankle, how they can access the two dominant planes of motions in their knee, how they can access that extra bit of internal rotational or adduction in their right hip, and how they can leave their lower back out of it when they go into a real strong, because they need to swing the ball just a bit harder to get that extra little bit of length because they're in between clubs. They can swing a little bit harder and not freak out. Um, it's What it comes down to with golf and training and conditioning is practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. What are you making permanent? Well, show me your practice. If your practice has gaps, then your, golf, then your swing's going to have gaps. Then your game's going to have gaps. So it's really coming in. It's like I love a lot of golfers because they really care. They really care. And showing like here's a whole nother way to do a lift. Here's a whole nother way to do that that core work, and actually involves motions that that smell, taste, look like a golf swing. It's not a golf swing, right? We don't want to teach them that. I'll let their swing coach do that. And like, oh, I didn't even know I can train my core in the rotational plane, side planking with one foot off the ground, focusing on just my my follow through foot. I'm like, yeah, you can do that. So those little things, it's just, they, they eat it up. I love training golfers. They, they are like, oh, this is the coolest thing in the world versus some other sport. Like, ah, that's different. I'm not going to do that. What do you love most about training golfers? I, I mean, you have a lot to say about it. You're analyzing a lot of pieces, and there's a lot of things that you can help with. What is it that you enjoy most about helping other golfers or coaching other golfers? They don't necessarily call themselves athletes. They're just people who love a leisure sport. The older crowd, right? The baby boomers crowd. Like, I'm not really an athlete. And it's like golf's an ath- athlete. So that's what I love about the general stance is that you can really show them and bring out a lot about their athleticism. Because the one thing about golf, you can smoke, drink, be heavily overweight, and still be good while playing the game. What other sport can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. What other sport can you literally do those three things or be those three three things and still play very well and beat vast majority of people. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, not, maybe, ma- maybe, not many physical things. Maybe bowling. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. You know, right? Yeah. Darts. Darts you probably get better at that. Um, so that the athleticism is a paramount piece. And the second thing I love about golfers is they are always open for change. Excuse me, for something new. They're, 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 they're hunting. They're hunting for something new. What's that something new? Well, it could be as something, a swing aid. Or um, it's a different grip that helps. It's a grip that's on a club. As an example, I mean, I'm just giving you small little things here that helps them grip the club differently. Um, uh, a different ball. I mean, all balls are different softnesses or hard. Right? There's a ball for females. There's a ball for youth. There's a ball for professionals. There's a ball for more spin. Ball for more distance. Ball for more whatever. So they're always looking to edge up. Ooh, they want a rubber tee or versus a plastic tee versus a wood tee. 
all, there's a lot of pieces that are involved yeah. in making your swing better and yeah. making your experience, I guess, yeah. more enjoyable or yeah. more flashy. Yeah, <laughs> they're even very superstitious. Like I always wear my hat backwards when I putt. <laughs> like these little, you know, I take my glove off when I, when I putt, versus keep it on. There's so if you watch, you got to spend a, you know four hours on your Sunday watching golfers. You will notice a lot of idiosyncrasies that they do every time. And part of it's a routine. Psychologically, it's a routine. Nothing changes. Every swing. So. Yeah, I like that. I like that ritual aspect of of golf. It seems like people kind of have their their way of doing things, mm-hmm. and then those little tweaks. It may not be to your swing. It may not be to your club, but just that overall experience leading up to the to the game, and then post game ritual. Right. Cool down, stretching, or go grab a beer. You know, there's there's this. Everybody's got the ritual. Right, and that's what the cool thing about golf is that is that it's the good players know how to make it routine, but still have access to tweaks in a bad situation and can make a, a really good shot out of a pre or a po, uh, out of a pre worse shot, just around a tree, but they can still get it close to the green. They would have made it, got it real close to the pin, but now they're close to the green. You know, that's those little things are. Ugh crazy <laughs> what's uh what's some of the most common dysfunctions that pop in i know we talked about a lot about golf and what goes into making your performance that much better and a lot of it does come down to your body a lot of it co- does come down to the tools that you're using um but you know you've been playing for years like we've talked about and what are the th- things that pop up in somebody who maybe doesn't do the warm-up or maybe he doesn't do a cool down or maybe he doesn't have a have good flexibility body practice yeah. um, with their with their sport they maybe they are the person who drinks smokes a little bit overweight and doesn't do anything but golf um, what are the dysfunctions that arise from that consistency yeah the th- the thoracic spine is probably the biggest one too kyphotic too flexed too bent forward um, yeah, a bad posture you, it's really hard to get the thoracic spine to rotate when it's in a flexed position. Does it just it just limits it? It's probably the biggest one, and probably the next biggest one is not knowing how to sync or synchronize the whip effect. They're one piece. They're very rigid, which makes them very which make them very accurate, but not very far. You see, as as older players, they're very straight, very straight 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 ball just doesn't go as far because they're losing that elasticness in their body, which we all know does go away, but it doesn't stay away. It's, it doesn't go away. It's harder to keep, but it's still there. So I would say um, that's probably the two biggest chunks that I'll, that I'll see. Thoracic spine, their pelvis, you have to rotate through your pelvis, so they usually keep decent hip rotation. So looking at thoracic spine primarily, primarily, and then just this, just literally have the them do a, a do a compound movement and have them sync it together. So like today we did a, a Kaiser rot- rotational swing. Do they push off with their foot first, or do they swing through their hands first? Right, so that's a big big difference. So it's really saying push off through your foot, then rotate through your thigh, then move through your pelvis, then throw through your thoracic spine then your arms are going to be moving along with you the entire time. Then, then swing the arms. Hmm. Just, the, just the awareness, because those things are already all moving together, but they could be moving at different speeds. Right. One maybe along for the ride with another that's moving too much 
right. too, too quick, maybe one's moving too slow, right. and it creates all that relative motion somewhere in your spine that may be inhibiting your, your power, maybe right. inhibiting your range of motion. Yeah. yeah. Knees go bad often because you can't, the ankle doesn't move too, too much, and the hip over moves. Lower backs go out. Um, yeah. If there, was, if there was one thing that, there's never a one thing, but if, if there was one thing to improve somebody's swing, what would that be? If there's one way to improve your swing, the best way. Put a true stretch on the first tee box. That's wow, that's magical. Yeah. That's what I you would have an do. opportunity to prime yourself for your swing in any way. Yep. Which is which is there in Adrian Michigan Country Club. <laughs> okay, let's say you don't have a true stretch. What is the what is the, the true yeah. stretch gifts you? Uh what what I'm saying with that answer is that you have to give yourself the elasticness that is present in your body. But you got to you got to break open the shell first. Right, you want that kind of gummy kind of feel, but you have to unlock the potential to do that. And a good old fashioned—I don't want to use the word stretch because people think stretching is like, oh, sit on the floor and do a hurdler hurdler stretch. Or I'm talking about dynamic, three-dimensional, chain by chain reaction stretching. You know, and I really hard to show that on a podcast. But get your body primed for the movement that you're going to be doing by unlocking the fascial bonds, the muscle bonds that are stiff, that have been stiff driving to the golf course, sitting in a chair. Get yourself the ability to wake up muscle fibers that aren't really awoken by typical movement, that a golf swing is all spiral. It's literally spirals and diagonals. There is no straight lines. The only straight line is your club. Even that's bending, actually. There's no, there's no straight, mm-hmm. straight there's not. It's just not happening. So therefore, stretch without straight lines. That's probably going to confuse some people. But yeah. I, I think I, I'm getting a visual in my head of, of what that would look like, how to put that into an integrated like movement pattern. It's, it's like you said, grab onto your club, just like a, with both hands, yeah. both palms down, and then start working like initial range rotations, medium range rotations, and end range rotations because right. you're going to be using all those ranges when you're playing. Right. When you're putting, you're using an initial range of motion rotation and it's a little bit more stability in your hips right yeah versus like when you're driving you're taking that full range and just trying to send that ball down the runway down the down the runway down the fairway yeah, runway fairway, sounds good. fairway runway <laughs> send it to the green <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's your end range so yeah. I think working those and doing that at your chest doing it diagonally from hip to shoulder hip to overhead something that we involve in our core warm up every single day every single warm up yeah so simple but just framing it for a, a specific sport or specific motion. Yeah. And if all you know are traditional stretches, then do those. But if you're doing like a hamstring stretch, bend to your right. Don't just bend straight down. Bend to your right. Bend to your left. Lean to your right. Lean to your left. Even that's significantly better than just straight down. Like it starts to start there. That's what I would say. Start there. I love it. I feel like there's so much more to share about golf. We just kind of scratched the surface of the biomechanics of it and the, the, uh, all the little pieces, the little knickknacks, the, the clubs, the lengths, the, the gear, the shoes, the, the vibe. Oh, even, even the golf bag's awesome. 
<laughs> you gotta set the, you gotta set your oh, tone, man. I, I tell you, well, yeah. So if if I had any kind of leaving comments, you know, obviously I'm not closing it up. You are, but it's really it's like you your body is the best tool, but it's what we spend. That's what you can't buy at a golf store. Is a better moving body. Golf coaches typically teach you how to work around your limitations. How about you work through them? How about you get rid of them? Just saying. You got to know your limitations to 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 fix them. Yeah, because golf's awesome. That's a great. It's a great sport. You can play literally well into your nineties, if not beyond that. You get outside. It's fresh air. You're walking miles. Hopefully, unless you're riding in a cart. Um. It's a great game. It's a great game. It's a great pastime. Youth can play with old. Old can play with youth. And it's just, uh, it's such an awesome game. It's just so damn complicated. You know, baseball and golf have a lot of rules. I think baseball has more rules, actually. Um, It's a lot of rules. So forget the rules. But if you can learn how to hit a ball straight, like the best thing about golf, you need one shot to go exactly where you want it to go. And you're hooked hmm. for the next time. That's really I'm still that looking for that hook, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael. It's a we're about out of time, but I'm sure we'll be breaking down more biomechanics on golfing and swinging and other swinging sports soon. And uh, if any of you listeners have questions about how you can improve your golf game through biomechanics and understanding the chain of how your foot and your ankle and your knee and your hip and your thoracic spine, your shoulders, your elbows and your wrists and your hands all work together to create one coherent rhythmic swing. Reach out, reach out. We love this stuff. Obviously doing a whole whole podcast on it. Maybe a shoot a video tag, tag us in it of you doing your type one rotation spine movements on the golf course. AKA your backswing until next time. Y'all enjoy. Cheers. Hey y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed to the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. Relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag gymnasio podcast. That's hashtag gymnasio podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnasioedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide 
taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnasioedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.